Oh, welcome back, everyone. For those of you that have come back, thank you. We highly appreciate it. For those of you that it is your first time, welcome. We appreciate you as well. This is the Backseat Theologians Podcast. I am Mike. My East Coast brother in Christ will introduce himself in a minute. Uh, we are not trained theologians. We are not even trained gamers, but we like them both. And we're serving God where we are with what we have. Praise the Lord. Mr. Davis, introduce yourself, please. Hi, my name is Jim. My last name is Davis, obviously. And uh, I'm here in South Carolina enjoying a nice, beautiful day here. And getting ready to dive into Chapter 17, The Perseverance of the Saints. A very comforting doctrine. Thank you. For those of you that are new, we are currently going through the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith in Modern English, and we are using the free resource provided by the Founders Ministries on their website, founders.org. In case you want to follow along, we are not associated with them. We're just using their free resource. Also, disclaimer, do not take our word on it. Look it up for yourselves, test us, and see if what we are saying is true according to the Bible, according to the Word of God, which is um, our ultimate authority and source. What do you think, Jim? True. Check it out. You'll find where you are 100% correct on all things. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Let's get this started. Will you please pray sin? Will do. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a beautiful day here. We thank you for all your blessings that you give to us on a daily basis. We thank you for a great Lord's Day yesterday, a restful Sabbath uh, with worship, public worship, private worship. We thank you for all your blessings again, for our help. Thank you for this time to discuss the London Baptist Confession and discuss your attributes, and to discuss the doctrines of the church and of the, your word, the Holy Bible. Bless this time. May it bless others, bless us, glorify you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Uh, so we we um, put the podcast out, and uh, it has uh, the background is actually video game footage mostly or has been most for the most part has been call of duty in whatever arena they've decided to uh, put out there zombies dmz so only the first 30 minutes of our podcast is actually the podcast and then anything behind that will be just video game so if you're uh, wondering man do i have to watch an hour and a half or an hour or two hours or three hours no it's just the first 30 minutes of the actual podcast because we respect your time. So, uh, the video game footage is just background stuff, basically. All right, here we go. And Chapters. after that, you get to you get to hear Mike talk to himself. Yeah. <laughs> for an hour and a half. I'm gonna try seems and fix like that. The, seems like our our audio doesn't come through, which I'm okay with because I say some goofy things when I'm running around getting chased by zombies. I scream like a little girl. <laughs> Yeah, get away from you, me! 
<laughs> Get away from me. Leave me alone. Oh, man. Yeah, they're, they're going to mistake you and Philip, huh? Uh, I hope not. My voice is, my voice is a little bit lower. That's why I sing bass, not, not, out, not soprano. All right. All right. Chapter 17, The Perseverance of the Saints. And if anybody can hear that, that's the mailman. Give me a second. That's the dog barking at the mailman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mailman's not barking at us. <laughs> That's not the mailman himself. <laughs> I hope it's not the mailman. <laughs> yeah, the mailman decided to <clears throat> give uh, the dogs a taste of their own medicine. Two shows that I've watched, you know, I've watched in the past that had strange mailmen on it: Seinfeld and Cheers. <laughs> yep, yep. Norm and uh, Newton, right? No. No, that's his real name. That's his real name. Newman and Newman, Newman and Cl Cliff Clavin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like... not Newton and Norm. <laughs> Norm was the heavy set fellow. Wayne Knight is his real name. Yeah, I was sorry. Right. Oh, gosh, that's information I should not know. <laughs> don't go on a trivia. Don't do one of those trivia shows, whatever. A uh, Newman. Newman. I, I know him. It's Newton. I know this one. Newton and Norm. Jim's like putting his head, palm in his head. No. Oh, man. Why are you on my team? <laughs> Can I get a rep Do we have a substitute here? I need some help. Oh, man. Okay, here we go. Mailman is no longer barking at my dogs. Chapter 17, The Perseverance of the Saints. Paragraph 1. Those God has accepted in the Beloved, effectually called and sanctified by His Spirit, and given the precious faith of His elect, can neither totally nor finally fall from a state of grace. They will certainly persevere in grace to the end and be eternally saved because the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Therefore, He still brings about and nourishes in the nourishes in them faith, repentance, love, joy, hope, and all the graces of the Spirit that has led to more immortality. Even though many storms and floods arise and beat against them, yet these things will never be able to move the elect from the foundation and rock to which they are anchored by faith. The felt sight of the light, the felt sight of the light and love of God may be clouded and obscured from them for a time through their unbelief and the temptations of Satan, Yet God is still the same. They will certainly be kept by the power of God for salvation, where they will enjoy their purchased possession, for they are engraved on the palm of his hands, and their names have been written in the book of life from all eternity. Amen. Okay. Um, so just real quick, I just wrote down a couple notes. It says, uh, those God has accepted in the Beloved, effectually called. I just want to restate what effectually called is. You know, it's easy for us Christians to know the Christianese, but if you're newer in the faith, effectually called, where it says, those God has accepted in the Beloved, effectually called and sanctified by His Spirit. Effectually called 
or spiritual call wherein the Father calls the elect to the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. So effectually called is what? Oh, you were breaking up just a little bit. Oh, thank you. Effectually called is where the Father calls the elect to the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. And sanctified is to be set apart or declared holy. So those God has accepted in the Beloved, effectually called and sanctified by His Spirit. Just wanted a, a refresher for the newer. And the Beloved is, is Jesus Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in that, that sense, that yeah. half of sense. So just the, the Holy just Trinity. Your, yeah, we're gonna, right. you're going to go over through it right now. I just wanted to give a refresher on those two, right? Those two. Right, right, right. So those God has has accepted in the Beloved, effectually called and sanctified by His Spirit, and given the precious faith of His elect, can neither totally nor finally fall from a state of grace. They will certainly persevere in grace to the end and be eternally saved because the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Therefore, he still brings about and nourishes in them faith, repentance, joy, love, hope, and all the graces of the Spirit that lead to immortality. All right, we have several verses down here to back up that sentence, that long, well, several sentences. John 10:28 and 29 And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand Philippians 1:6 Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ 2 Timothy 2.19, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. 1 John 2.19, They went out from us, because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Okay, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um, I just want to read the what is it, the study Bible note on John 10, 28, 29 from the MacArthur Study Bible. It says, The security of Jesus' sheep rests with him as the good shepherd, who has the power to keep them safe. Neither thieves and robbers nor the wolf can harm them. Verse 29 makes clear that the Father ultimately stands behind the sheep's security, for no one is able to steal from God, who is, who is in sovereign control of all things. No stronger passage in the Old Testament or New Testament exists for the absolute eternal security of every true Christian. Man, if that doesn't get you, if that doesn't get you excited and get the, get the, you know, get your pump on. Being a, the Lord being absolute and, you know, sovereign. If, and we can call him our God. If that doesn't get your blood flowing, nothing will. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if, if God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. Who is stronger than God? 
Nobody. Nobody. So if he does something, it's done. You know, it's it like, you know, my, change. Yeah. my daddy could kick your daddy's butt. Man, well, we have we have the ultimate father in heaven. We don't have the ultimate daddy. We have the ultimate father in heaven. All right, Mr. James Davis, go ahead. Yeah, and you got to remember, uh, you know, in First John, we talked about how they left us. They went out from us to show they were not part of us. That means, you know, it's not that they were saved and they were unsaved. They were never saved. They were in the church, but they were false. Basically, the context of that is talking about false teachers. So they left the church because they couldn't get people to believe their false teaching, and they were not converted people. So they left, and... Uh, you know, and you get John ten twenty eight, where Jesus is talking about how if you're in the if you're in my hand, if you're in the Father's hand, no one can take you out of the Father's hand. So, if you're in there, you're there, and obviously, only God knows who are His knows who are His. But all we can do is go by the fruit, right, in our own lives and in the fruit that we see in other people's lives, but. You know, we don't, we're not going to take things for granted. We're still going to keep uh, pressing on and keep uh, working on our sanctification to give us assurance that we are one of his. We're not going to be lax. When you're lax, it shows that uh, at the time you don't really care, and then it's going to hurt your assurance also because you don't have any fruit to show you that you're you're one of his, so it's not an excuse to do that. It's just confidence that, hey, I'm one of his, and no one, no one, the devil, no one can take me out of his hand. I can't even jump out of his hand if I want to. And uh, not that you want to, but there are times, you know, we go through, we've talked about it before, that we go through and we're just like, may give up i can't do this anymore it's too hard whatever that's because you're trying to do it in your own strength instead of the spirit's strength but just to know that hey i can't even jump out of his hand if i want to and no one can drag me out of his hand so that's a that's a great thing to know that's a reassuring thing to know that you're not alone and you have a savior who cares about you and has called you and uh, there's, no, you know, it, there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from him if you're one of the elect. I gave them, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. What, what comfort and joy! And peace there is in knowing that. Man, I guess it just depends on uh, your perspective or background. Where yeah, there are people that do not believe that. That believe that. Uh, it's usually people that believe that. Don't believe, don't believe in elections. So if you don't believe in election, then you believe it's on you. So if you could get yourself saved, then you can get yourself unsaved. Well, the Bible doesn't teach it. The Bible teaches God saves. We don't save ourselves. So 
rest in the assurance that you belong to him and you will always belong to him. Amen. All right. Next sentence, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Even though many storms and floods mm -hmm. arise and beat against them, yet these things will never be able to move the elect from the foundation and rock to which they are anchored by faith. The felt sight of light and love of God may be clouded and obscured from them for a time through their unbelief and the temptations of Satan. Psalm 89, 31 and 32, If they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. 1 Corinthians 11, 32, But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. All right, thank you very much, sir. I like uh, 1 Corinthians 11.32. But when we, when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. What is that actually saying, Jim? It's something that you say all the time. Yeah, it's kind of like we've talked before. I'd rather be under God's discipline than under his wrath. Yes. So God is going to discipline us because we are going to fail. We are going to wander away, you know, back in the pigsty. You know, we're going to, we've still got that sinful nature. And uh, our sin is usually what's going to cause us to kind of move away from God because uh, we don't want to confess. We don't want to, there are times we don't want to change. We hold on to stuff and believe me, I go through it too. And uh, we can even fall into pretty grievous sins. But basically what the Bible teaches is that God is going to bring us back into line. Uh, we probably don't, we really don't want that. Not probably, we don't want that. But He's going to do it. If, if you're one of his children, he's going to discipline you. So it's better if you don't. Don't push him. <laughs> don't try his patience. But uh, I believe I've been through several times where he has disciplined me. And uh, I do not want to go through that again. But like I said, I'd rather be under his discipline than under his wrath. His, As this says, his con the condemnation may not be condemned with the world. So I'll take the discipline over the condemnation any day. But I don't want the discipline either. Right. I want to read the MacArthur Study Bible note uh, for 1 Corinthians 11.32. Chapter 11, verse 32, 1 Corinthians. Believers are kept from being consigned to hell, not only by divine decree, but by divine intervention. The Lord chastens to drive his people back to righteous behavior and even sends death to come in the church. Uh, and that, quoting verse 30 of 1 Corinthians 11, that is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died, to remove them before they could fall away. Yep. 
back you know back in the book of Acts when he had an Annas and Sapphira that lied to the Holy Spirit you know they were something stupid as you know people were selling their land on their they were doing it they weren't told to do it they were just doing it us you know out of their own goodwill and give the money to the church and they held some of it back and lied about it and God struck them down struck down the husband and then the wife came in and told the same lie and she didn't know he was dead and struck her down too you know it's you don't don't play with God <laughs> Right. Remember back Aaron, Aaron's two sons back in the Old Testament, you know, they, they offered strange fire, strange incense to God, and God took them down. And Aaron went to Moses, he's like, hey, what's going on? He said, he didn't say this, but don't play with God. You know? <laughs> so Aaron had four sons, and, he only, and then he only had two sons yeah. to carry on the uh, priesthood, so. All right, next sentence, sir. Yet God is still the same. They will certainly be kept by the power of God for salvation, where they will enjoy their purchased possession, for they are engraved on the palms of his hands, and their names have been written in the book of life from all eternity. Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Jim, what does engraved on the palm of his hands mean I'm not really that was an ancient custom um, I'm not really sure it's not really talking about Christ at that time so more talking about the father so God in general it must be it must be a reference i'm assuming either to the old testament or to a jewish custom what do you know what do you know about it i was actually thinking the exact opposite i mean i thought it was alluding to um the fact that jesus christ died on the cross for our sins and the scars on his hands were evidence of uh of our purchase like he can actually Could physically look and say, "Yes, I purchased you with by these scars." That's what Could I was uh, thinking. Could be. Because it says where the the previous sense is purchased possession. Yeah, that that does give a that does give a uh, an indication that. Uh, it could it could be talking about Christ. Um, let's talk more right now. Let's talk more about the Book of Life. Okay. Um, they don't have any references to it. Verse-wise, but there are there are references to it in the Book of Revelation. Um, there are also there are also some references to it in the Old Testament. I can't remember exactly where right now. Uh, 
bear with us, folks. You have Philippians 4.3. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Revelation 3.5, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Revelation 13.8, and all who dwell on earth will worship it, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of the in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Revelation 17, 8, The beast you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it, because it was and is not and is to come. Revelation 20:12 And I saw the dead, the great, and the small standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So Revelation has several. Did you read Daniel 12:1? No, I did not go, yeah. It says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of, who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as ne never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose names shall be found written in the book. Yeah, it sounds familiar because I recently read uh, through Daniel, so that, that must be where I was remembering that from. Okay. It's one of the one of Daniel's visions that he had. What a, what a privilege, what a great thing that um, that we're called, that we're, we're the elect. And I don't want to, um, I want to watch myself because I don't want to sound... Um, um, I don't know if this is the right word, but like uh, puffed up or conceited in a way that, um, like, look at me and look at you, not you personally, but, you know, if you're listening um, and you're Christian, then you are one of the elect, and you can have pride in that. I just don't want to sound like I have um, too much pride, you know what I'm saying, Jim? Like, I don't want to, as if, look, you know, I don't want anyone to feel bad because of the way I'm saying it. I'm just saying what what a privilege and honor it is to be chosen by the God of the universe. And I don't say that to make you feel bad if you're not a Christian right now. But if you... Right, we, we have nothing to be proud of about because we didn't do anything. Right. Right. But it, if you, it could um, sound like that, right? It could sound like that. Yeah, and I don't want it to. Or I, I, I don't mean it that way, so I apologize if I'm coming off that way. It's just from my perspective in life to be chosen by God, not because of who I am, but because of who he is, and I can approach him as such. I can approach the throne 
based on what his son has done means the world to me based on my perspective perspective of life um, I love that I can count on the Lord and then I could turn to the Lord and then I could pray to the Lord and I know that the Lord is listening and that he welcomes me with loving arms uh, I love that about the Lord that's I, I believe that that's all I'm saying but if you um, hear the call the effectual call and you trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and um, repent, turn from those things that are keeping you separate, turn to Jesus Christ, you can be one of the elect as well, based on the works of Jesus Christ. Go ahead, Mr. Davis. We have a couple minutes left, so if you want to wrap things up for us. Yeah, so basically, uh, as we've talked about before, uh, everything comes back to God, comes back to Christ, what Christ did for us. We have a responsibility to respond, to repent and believe, but even that ability to repent and believe comes from God. And we have a responsibility to work with God in our sanctification, to make the right decisions, to take, to uh, use the what they call the means of grace, prayer, Bible study, preaching of the word, fellowship of the saints. Um, but our ultimate salvation is not in our hands. It's in God's hands. So Correct. we do what we do because we love God. We do it out of gratitude. Um, and doing the things we're supposed to do helps with our assurance that we are his children. If we stop doing those things, we have to start wondering, are we his children? doesn't mean we're not. It just means we're going to feel like we're not because we're not showing any evidence that we are. So, And if we ultimately walk away from the faith, if we are a true believer, we will come back. But if we don't, it means we never were. So some people do walk away. That just means, as First John said, it means that they were never part of us because they proved they were never part of us because they left us. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you so, made a <clears throat> decision for the Lord when you were seven or eight or nine, and uh, and now as an adult or you you know young adult adult, and you're no longer living for the Lord, and you're living in habitual sin, that decision didn't mean anything. I'm sorry to say. Right, that uh, the old uh, once saved, always saved. I walked down an aisle when I was six years old or when I was 12 years old or 18 years old. And then I went my own way and never changed, never nothing ever happened. I wasn't a new creation. You're, you're, you're putting your faith in something you did, mm. like walking an aisle, but that is not salvation. Oh, right on. All right. Any closing remarks? Don't, don't be. Uh, don't put your faith in that. You're right. Don't put your faith in your own decision. Right. What they call decision salvation or whatever. It's not. That's not a thing. Um. I was not able to find exactly what that uh, written in the palm of his hands means, but uh, it probably has a reference to the cross. 
but uh, maybe next time I'll have something for that. All right. Closing remarks? Well, I think I just gave them. Okay. I'll end this closing forward to chap uh, paragraph two. Yep. So, yeah, tomorrow, chapter 17, paragraph two. Yeah, a lot shorter than this one. May maybe just as meaty though. We we never know until we get into it. Thirty minutes goes by fast. All right, I want to end this in prayer, sir. Uh, Lord, we thank you and praise you. Uh, we lift your name on high where it belongs. Um, high view of God, low view of man is what we should have. Um, we should not be equal in thought, word, and deed, Lord Jesus. You should be on high, and we should be low worshiping you lord jesus we are not equal with you you are not our our best friend um in the sense that you know we're rolling together and then we're equal lord jesus no you are higher your name should be exalted and i i pray that you help us keep that perspective lord jesus thank you for being who you are lord jesus thank you for being our savior thank you for for being approachable, Lord Jesus. I, um, as Todd Friel would say, I would much rather be a tear-filled convert than a fear-filled convert, Lord Jesus. And thank you for your for purchasing me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for allowing me to be your bondservant, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you bless those who are hearing this. Please let them be edified, and please continue to bless uh, Jim and I that we may. Uh, Continue to um, get your word out there, Lord Jesus, while, while, the, the, while there's time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And as always, Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. Therefore, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil.